racist was on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's and she was heavy laden Away we went along Collingwood Street that's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 103. I'm your host, Greg Troxell, and you can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. Today we have a lovely show for you. Uh, it's going to be talking about a less than exciting match, but the more positive news is that you won't just have to listen to my voice the entire time. So join with me. It's the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Yes. I'm here. I'm what rhymes with here? Uh, I'm here. here. I'm a deer, and a word that starts with a Q. Oh, time out! <laughs> time out! Pause. Not me. No sir. Um, but yeah, no, we're here. I mean, it's it's we're live. We're it's a beautiful Monday night. It's seventy degrees in Atlanta in December. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, if you want to follow your boy on Twitter. Um, check out the new GIF of me that was created by my friend. You can check that out on my Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsome. Um, so if you're driving right now, pull over to the side, go ahead, follow me. Um, Greg, can people follow you on Twitter or, or is that, are you still banned for uh, tweeting that GIF out about that? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, you can follow me where I said earlier at UFC underscore Greg. I do this but every single time. Follow our Twitter account at CHN underscore radio as well. That's where you'll get all the updates on our podcast and shows coming up, as well as you'll you'll get some funny tweets from here or there. But you'll mainly want to be following our main Coming Home NUFC, at Coming Home NUFC account. For that, that's all your match updates, all your Newcastle news, articles, all that you should be following. Well... Elijah, we didn't Newcastle as we. We didn't do that well over the weekend, did we? I mean, I thought we did. We 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 showed up. I see. I think we we're gonna differ here. I don't think we showed up either. No, I mean, I like literally, we we showed up to the pitch. Oh, like there were players. Yeah, there on... was actual players there. I was getting nervous about whether or not they'd show up. So. Yeah, just by injuries or uh, just, you know, it's just <laughs> everybody's hurt. It was just an unappealing fixture to begin with. Burnley versus Newcastle, especially yeah, the, the way two Newcastle lowest pe- possession sides. Yeah, just it was going to be a brutal match, and I was like, you know what? I wouldn't be mad if one of the teams just decided, huh? We're not going to play this match. Like, just doesn't <laughs> matter. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. The Chiefs almost did that. Like, did you hear? Like, half their team was like late to uh, to to like the walkthroughs and stuff before the game. Because of the, all the snow. No, I didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, now you know. It like, uh, it got super snowy, and they just there was like there's like players who got in car accidents and like had to like Uber there and stuff. It was wild. Yikes! It was like half the team. Like it was a substantial amount. But anyway, Newcastle. Yeah, they stunk it up this weekend. That was that was brutal. Yeah, it was just a miserable, miserable match. And we'll we'll get into all that. There's it's probably going to be a short 
um, recap of the match because there literally like wasn't things to talk about. Yeah. Besides like how bad it was. Yeah, there was like one goal, and I think Burnley had a couple chances. Newcastle had two missed chances, and that was about it. Yeah. Joel Linton played on the wing. Yeah. Which, like, was surprisingly probably his third best performance of the season. Yeah, well, that was where he played Hoffenheim for most most part. Yeah. So. Oh, so Steve and I, and I said on the previous podcast too that like, because there was talk about moving him to the wing, and I was like, yeah, that's that's great and all, but I want Miguel Amron on that side. <laughs> I don't want Jolinton on that side. But then uh, I didn't know at the time of recording that Miguel was also not going to play. So. Yeah, I mean, and last thing about the Masters where you in the news, just I just, shout out to Newcastle for doing what like I think every FIFA player has done in desperation at one point in their life, where they just subbed on all their strikers and just were like, I mean, hopefully one of these guys can score, and we had like a bunch of strikers. We had four strikers on the on the pitch at the same time during the match yeah. at one point, which was just wild. So, shout yeah. out to us. Shout out to it. Um, okay, let's get into some news. We have some eventful things to talk about on the front of the podcast, and one of them is we're going to play a side that we should beat in the FA Cup. So congrats to us. Oh, yeah. um, in in the replay today, Rochdale beat Boston United 2-1, to one, and it means... Newcastle United will visit Rochdale. I think they're in League One or League Two. They're definitely in either the third or fourth tier. Prime for um, an upset. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just waiting um, to upset Newcastle. Yeah, it's like a ten thousand seat stadium too. Oh yeah, so it will be it will be nice and ready for. Uh, there's probably only going to be like. Three or four, uh, probably like three thousand. Wait, wait, it's in a way, it's in a way match. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. How do we get tickets? <laughs> well, Newcastle will be announcing that it's going to be based off of loyalty points. Oh, well. Um, and I and they they are in League One, oh. so they're in the same league as Sunderland. <laughs> nice. Oh wait, are they higher in the table than Sunderland? Um, let me check. Uh, filibuster real quick. Yeah, um, well, Sunderland still sucks. Greg there. Greg and I both listen to the same podcast, Pardon My Take, and they do something, a segment that I've enjoyed this season because the Miami Dolphins are a terrible NFL team. That's just like say something nice about the Dolphins. And for a split second today on the car ride home listening to them say something nice about the Dolphins, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be funny if Greg and I did a segment called Say Something Nice About Sunderland? And then I immediately realized I don't I don't want to even hear anything nice about Sunderland. So Greg, I did not pitch no. that idea to you. So you should be thankful. Perfect. Yeah. Uh Rochdale unfortunately is in eighteenth place in League One, which is and they're only five points behind Sunderland now. Hmm. Who's are who are in twelfth place for those wondering they stink <laughs> yeah behind mighty shrewsbury town Sunderland is all right um yeah so we're playing them the tie is on january 4th um 
It will be at... Jan- May the 4th be with you. January. Oh, yeah, it doesn't make Jan sense. The Jan, Jan the 4th you. be with you. Yeah, and it's going to be early. I think it's going to be like a... It says 12.30, so that means 7 a.m. for you, 4 a.m. for me. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, but isn't that a... That's a Friday, right? Uh, it's a Saturday. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good for me. I, I won't and wake up it will up be shown it. live on BT Sport. Oh, so nice. Shout go. out to us. We have NBC Sports Gold now, Greg. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the information afterwards, but shout out to us. Cool. We should just tweet All out right. the login so everyone can have it. I mean. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, next set of news is GACP. Yay, you know me. Oh. Sold their shares at Bordeaux. Okay. So are they going to buy Newcastle? Elijah. Um, let's let's go on LinkedIn and message my boy real quick and see if you're going to fire, well, if they're going to buy Newcastle. People forget that on this podcast I connected with the guy who's over that 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 company. People forget. Yeah. Also, that's actually how I found out about the news is that our mutual connection shared an article on LinkedIn about it. Shout out to Brett Wallace, the homie. It might not have been okay. LinkedIn. It might have been Twitter, but one of those. But yeah, so uh, I don't know. I don't think that they'll buy the club, but not because they don't have the money, but I also just don't think Mike Ashley is going to actually sell the club. So there's that. Well, yeah, uh, Mark Douglas tweeted that he can confirm that GACP have been bought out of their shares by King Street Capital and that Mark understands that Joe DeGrosa, oh, my homie. your boy, still has designs on NUFC. Not sure whether this has any significance in that or not. Here's my thing, Greg, is... We don't know till you know. Yeah, that, <laughs> but it's it's a, it's a case in point of everyone wants the, the club sold, but it's still, I'm still very much in the boat of... I want it sold to a proper buyer, and I just, I mean, I like GACP, but I'm still a little worried about whether or not they're going to have the financial capital to back Newcastle, and to be fair, um, they probably, they might, they probably do, I don't think you'd go as far as to selling your club, your, your shares in a club you already own to buy another one if you don't think you have the, the funds to back it, but it's still just a little, it's a little offsetting, and off-putting or something like that, I don't know, it's just... I don't know. I just don't feel 100% confident yet that these are the right guys to take the club forward. Yeah. And I don't usually down-talk Syracuse grads, but there's only been two I've down-talked recently. It's my boy Joe and then Jimmy Beheim. Jim Beheim just needs to he needs to retire. He, he needs to retire. I said it. There it is. It's, you heard it here first. Yeah, breaking news. Um, yeah, I, it's... We're saying this now just to say it because it happened, but nobody knows anything besides them. And Greg is them for sure. JCP. You're in the boat of this isn't a, a deal. Uh, what do you mean? Like you're in the boat of like this is not garbage. related, huh? I'm. So, what are you saying? I'm. I'm confused. I'm. I'm saying you've held the belief that the club's not getting sold for a while um uh, no i wouldn't say that i think it's i think it's like if 
if we've heard about it before it happened, then it's then this rumor is not happening. Okay, that's, and that's how I'm saying. But it, like, it could happen tomorrow, but it's just probably not going to be GACP. Do, with GACP, we we've just heard about everything but a deal, yeah. which is still not good. Like we've seen, they're the ones who they're like, was that I don't know, was that them whose uh, investment investor guide got linked, or is that Peter Canyon's group? Uh, that might have been Peter Kinnon's group. But anyway. Could have been anyone. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> it, insert name here. All right, let's move yeah. on. What else happened? Um. Oh, Akraf Lazar scored. Yeah, three months. Yeah. Three-month hiatus, and he, he's he's back, baby. Um, or- For Siri, Orlando City is... Oh, what? Oh, I was just saying Orlando City SC is just... <laughs> They are they're about to write a check right now to Newcastle United for the the purchase of Akraf Lazar. Yeah, it, he was um, came on as a substitute because he doesn't start. Um, and two minutes—that's all it took, guys, for the lethal Akraf Lazar to score. Um, they did lose the match; they were down two nothing at the time, and they they lost two to one. Um, but you know that was cool. They're sitting in 18th place out of 20. Um, Casenza, they have 14 points through 16 matches. Man, they suck. Two wins, eight draws, six losses. Well, at least they're not losing a bunch. Yeah. They've got more, they've got more wins and draws than losses. So you got to focus on the positives. They, no, do you say they have more wins and draws than losses? Yes. Combined. Oh, like combined. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's ten yeah. to six. Yeah. Quick math. Okay. But uh, congrats to Lazar for scoring. Um, yeah. Glad it glad it worked out for you, bud. Yeah. Um, can't wait to see you Let's, in uh, the MLS. Yeah. Let's hit him with that BS. Oh yeah. So uh, we got a little couple BS meters. Well, a couple folks mm. for the BS meter for you today. Um, so first up. Uh, I'm sure many fans have seen the latest young star we've been linked to besides Gerard Bowen, who we've already covered on the BS meter, um, is Everton's young center back, um, who can also play as a fullback as well, uh, Mason Holgate, who um, many Everton fans are saying is the most athletic center back uh, that they have at Everton right now. Um, He's played a fair few matches this season, about 10 matches, making appearances, um, mostly in a back three as a center back, as being like the ball playing center back. He's got he's really good with the ball at his feet. And then most recently, he played as a CDM. Um, the rumored price tag last week was fourteen million pounds, but Greg uh, sent us a report today. Talked about how Everton's having a little bit of reluctance to sell Mason just due to the fact they don't have center back depth. Depth, and he is a really good signing. Um, so Greg. What are your thoughts on this on this uh, this potential signing for Newcastle, Mason Holgate? Yeah, it would be it would it would certainly it depend it depends on how we deploy the the big interest is the fact that he's comfortable running in a three center back formation, a back three. Yeah, um, and that's why teams are a little bit more interested in him than usual because that's like the formation everybody's kind of moving towards, but. Um, there's been some pretty like 
reputable people that said that like that there's interest here. So that's why my BS is on the low end. I could certainly see Newcastle going after a player like this. I just don't know if, if we have the cojones to do it. I also don't think Everton are, any, are, are in any position to sell. Um, the only way I see them selling is if they're doing a sale to fund another move, which could happen because they've spent a lot of money and they're near the bottom of the table. So they're I, like, even though their owner typically doesn't do January signings, I think they're going to have to do some just because they need to bring yeah. in some players to make a difference, some proven players to just at least get them safe. Um, but it's it's odd because it's a position where they don't have a lot of depth at, and they've had a lot of injuries at. I mean, even the guys they mm-hmm. signed, like Yuri Mina, he was injured early on in the season, hasn't played much. Um, they've had just like just terrible luck there and guys been out of form. So it seems like for me, the holdup is not going to even be in Newcastle's uh, on Newcastle side. I think it's going to be Everton. Who's just going to be waiting to see if they can pull the trigger or if they're going to pull the trigger, because this is a player that has become somewhat important to their, t- to, to their team. So it's an interesting one to, to, to say the least. Um, let's move on to a, a more interesting one, in my opinion. Um, and one that I think is actually very likely. It's another one that Greg is not going to know about. Um, <laughs> Reagan Thompson, 16-year-old midfielder, can play as a CDM or as just a regular midfielder, plays for Queen's Park, the Scottish League 2 side, um, just started making appearances on for their first team this season. Greg, this guy was born in 2003. Yeah, we talked about him a little bit we, earlier. We did, we did. I think. Yeah, we did. Oh, we did? Yeah. When? Uh, uh, I don't know. The first links for him came out about a month or two ago. Oh, oh yeah, we definitely did. I've done yeah. more research on him now, though. Because I, I told you this is Queen's Park, not Queen's Park Rangers. Yes, yes. And that was our first, like, yeah. yeah. Wow, good. But go on. Good memory from you. Um, I yeah. still didn't remember that because when I looked him up, I was like, there's no way this kid plays for QPR. And then I was like, oh, wait, he definitely does not. But, yeah, um, the only update I have is that since then, he has continued to make consistent first-team appearances for this Scottish League 2 side, and he's 16 years old. Um, I'm I'm seeing this as a youth signing, but the reports from the Sun, which it is the Sun, say that the deal is done and that he's coming to Newcastle in January. Do you think that is, is that an accurate statement, do you think? Um, I wonder what the fee would be. I don't think it would be a um, lot. So, so yeah, he would definitely get a fee because he is a first team player. If he was an amateur, we could just take him. So Queens Park will get a fee for this. Um, but I mean the league league. So like the Scottish first division outside of two clubs, pretty much is pretty much League One. Yeah. Um and the second division is a way further drop off. Oh yeah. That. So it's like it's probably a fee of like a couple hundred you know, K. Yeah, two hundred K and he'll be in our youth team. So yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean it makes sense, um, especially with Matty Longstaff not being in the youth team picture that much anymore. Um and then we've yeah. we've signed a couple of midfielders, but I mean it does make sense to kind of replenish the academy and it's good to see that I guess there's academy investment. I mean, two years after Rafa said 
that we should invest in the academy. There's been some academy investment, so I guess shout out to Mike Ashley and his croonies. Um, and yeah. then last but not least, um, we've got a rumor that is a bit interesting. Um, there's a couple clubs that are very interested in Javier Manquillo, um, who, of course, has started the last few matches for Newcastle and has played well, honestly, in all of the matches. Um, mm-hmm. He he almost had himself like an assist or something this past match. Well, not an assist, but he created a couple chances. Um, that Well, almost chances, I would say, because it's Newcastle and they never actually amounted to anything. Um, but anyway, there's a couple clubs, mainly West Ham, who think they can get him at a cut-rate deal which doesn't make sense. I think that's a terrible report. I think they must have gotten lost in translation because uh, Javier Manquillo is turning out to be a solid right back, and there's some clubs that are interested, mostly mid-table clubs. I'm pretty sure it was West Ham, Brighton, and I want to say maybe Wolves or Aston Villa maybe. One of those. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the potential departure of Mm -hmm. Javier Manquillo? Um, I, that would put us in a very, very tough situation depth wise moving forward. So we'd have to have something lined up. Maybe Mason Holgate. Yeah. For instance, that, that would be um, the only way that makes sense in my opinion too. Yeah. So we'd have to have something, we'd have to have some, some pots in the fire there, but yeah, I, I definitely think it could happen. How do you is still young? Yeah. He's, so, I think he's 24, 25. 25 yeah. Yeah. So at Atletico Madrid's Javier Mankiw, yeah, by the way. that's true. Um, yeah, so I, I think this is something that could see happening. I'd be surprised if West Ham went for him. I would think like a club back in Spain, maybe like Hasselu's club, so we can have Real Madrid's Hasselu, Hasselu and Atletico Madrid's Javier Mankiw on the same Spanish. Side. That'd be the meme team right there because yeah. they have who's their striker? I said it. Like the last time I was on this pod, Hostler. No, besides Hostler, they're like they're sec- they, they run a two up top formation. Um, it's like yeah, a it's I like a remember. guy who played for Arsenal. Oh, it's I think it's Carlos Tevez. No, it's not Carlos Tevez. I, I don't know. Um, anyway, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Um, but uh, with the Mankio thing and West Ham thing, what I've seen is that he would be the long term replacement for Pablo Zabaleta. Which is why they're kind of desperate for a right back because Zabaleta, I guess, well, he's old. He's like thirty something, which is old in football terms. Um, so I, that that would be the logic there, and why they're interested. And I think Brighton's interested because I think Brighton could improve at every position possible. Yeah, they kind of like constant. They consistently overperform, which is a, a good, I guess, but. I mean, I don't. There's not a lot of Premier League players in that squad. No, so not very much so. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got for the BS meter. Um, unless you have any other news. Um, no. Well, that's um, that's good for me. Let's uh, let's get into probably one of the worst matches of the year. Oh, uh, definitely in the top three. Oh. Uh, we're gonna do that right after this break. Burnley won, Newcastle zero, trash to trash, trash to trash, trash. That's how this game was. We're going to tell you all about it, but first we're going to tell you about your three words describing the match. Um, Toon Army Denver at Mile High Magpies says too many injuries, 
Tune Army Portland at Tune Army. Why can't I say that? Tune Army Portland. Gucci save us. Mr. Steal Your Worldwide <laughs> at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo. Many missed chances. Was that many? Trevor okay, Mo- let's okay pause. It was not many missed chances. It was two missed chances. Let's not act like yeah. Newcastle were this offensive juggernaut that struggled to score. They, they they created two chances, one in the first six minutes and one in the last six minutes. So uh, let's let's pump the brakes there, boss. Yeah, uh, many is described as a large number of mm. two would not qualify. Yeah, um, that's Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney twelve said Brucey's still shite. Um, MW at We Are Shola, one unchallenged goalkeeper. Andy Marshall at Magic Wiggle, <laughs> two terrible teams, and Tom Bernard at T Bernard can't out Burnley Burnley. That last one really just. Hits hits the nail on the head for me. Uh, so get, getting into lineups for this match, it was so it was the rotation that we've been looking for. It happened, but it wasn't because of rotation. It was because we've just accumulated a lot of injuries, and that, it kind of sucks. So that's kind of that's where we are now as as a club um, at this point in the season. But um, I guess Bruce doesn't. Oh, Brucey doesn't really have a chance, does he? Nope. A, or, or a choice, I guess is probably the better thing to say. But anyway, I'll just read you the lineup and then you give me your thoughts. Uh, we had Dubrovka, then Mankio, Fernandez, Cher, Dummett, and Willems. Hayden and Sean Longstaff, and then Atsu, Jolinton, and Carroll up top. Uh, it was interesting to see Jolinton playing out on the wing. Which, as you previously mentioned, was what he played before. Um, outside of that, no huge surprises. Glad Cher was given another opportunity in the team. Did he impress? I mean, I don't, I don't think he did. Um, I think he was okay. Other than that, I mean, kind of what you expected with such, with knowing Shelby was going to be out, knowing Almiron was going to be out, knowing uh, Saint Gucci Max is out for a month. You kind of, you kind of saw the natural kind of fill-ins, I guess. Um, you knew Atsu was going to get a run. You knew. Um, I think by the time Saturday rolled around, I had a good feeling Joel Linton was going to get played. But I think, I, I feel like this would have been the perfect opportunity for Steve Bruce to roll out a two-up-top formation and have Joel Linton play just behind Carroll. But, and have maybe like Muto as a winger or something like that, or even dare I say it, go back to the Isaac Hayden right mid uh, days. But I don't know. It was it just seemed like a, a a force of the system on players that didn't fit the system. Um, yeah. It's one of those where you got to change up your formation. If you're going to – if you're down your wingers, you got to change up something. Maybe go 4-4-2 diamond, which shout out to U.S. Men's National Team who used to uh, run <laughs> that. The OGs yeah, now. Exactly. Uh, well, yeah, it was the, I, when I, the biggest concern that I had, and I mentioned this on the preview is that we rely so much on St. Kichu Max going forward. And in this match, we would have to rely on the same from Amaron and 
cutting both of those out, I definitely wouldn't have predicted that we win this game. And this is kind of this is what happened. This is the world we live in now. So, um, it was the line. How do we line up? Oh, here's my notes. Okay. Um, so, Dolantun wide left. Fernandez is middle back, and Cher was the right center back. That's the notable things. And then we kicked off, and it was pretty bad after that. We we had a semi chance in the fifth minute with Ann Carroll. He flicked the ball down the right to Atu, and then he played it back to Hayden, and then he curled in across and. Carroll kind of came out of nowhere and got to the front post, um, and he and the keeper nodded it wide. And outside of that, I don't think Newcastle had any other opportunities in the first half. Now, but there was something a little different. We had pretty much like very close to half of the possession. Your thoughts on the first half? I mean, that's literally all I have. Yeah. There's not much else to say. It was boring. Um, I was in a bar. Um, I guess the best part about the first half... Well, okay. Here... Okay. Since the match sucked, I'll tell you about my first half experience. I was at a bar, brew house in Atlanta. If you're in Atlanta, definitely recommend going there. It's like the soccer bar in Atlanta, I would imagine. Um, I would imagine. I'm, I'm just telling you. Um, I had a burger for breakfast there. And it was delicious. And so that's kind of my thoughts. And that was the best part of the first half. I also got a bucket of Bud Heavy, and that was just not a wise decision. No. Yeah, I just, definitely not. Yeah, I should have just stuck with getting some craft beers because I'm bougie. But, yeah, that yeah. was my first half thoughts, Greg. Do you have any first half Second thoughts? Second half. Wait, did you even watch this? Yeah. Oh, God. You woke up at 7 in the morning for this. Yeah. Oh, man. You should have gone yep. back to bed after the first half, honestly. I was I was like fuck I can't believe I woke up for this. Did what did you have for That's breakfast? Pretty... I had like a western omelet, but not an omelet, just like scrambled. No, I don't like eggs. Just... You know that, Greg? I hate eggs. Yeah, yeah. That was that's your that's your controversial food take. Oh yeah, I've got plenty of those. Trust me. I there's nothing that I've tried that I don't like. Really? That's my controversial food take. Yeah. Have you had cupcake wine? Uh, yes. Really? You like cupcake wine? I mean, I'll drink it. Okay, that's fair. I won't, like, spit it out. That's my take on cupcake wine, is I'll drink it. It's there. Yeah, if somebody says, here, this is all we have left, I'll (laughs) I'll drink it. Yeah, if someone held a knife to my throat and said, drink this cupcake (laughs) wine, I'd drink it. Yeah. yeah. And I've even, like, tried to go outside the box and try some really weird stuff, and I've still liked it all. Have you had octopus? I've heard that's good. Wait, you have not had octopus? No, I haven't. I've had oh calamari, but I haven't had octopus. Why are you octopus saying that? Like I'm the weird one. Good. Oh, okay. No, octopus is like a pretty common dish in Mexico. Oh, and there's not a lot of very well. There are uh, some very authentic Mexican restaurants in Atlanta. And on Buford you have, Highway. If you find, well, yeah, actually, there is a restaurant on Buford Highway. I can I can send you the address. Okay. It's um, I've been there, and it's tremendous. And it's um it's like Baja inspired, so it's uh, Pacific Coast Mexican cuisine, mm. and they are that area of Mexico is like like octopus is like the delicacy there, 
And there's uh, some great taco shops out here. I just actually had uh, Octopus Taco literally on Saturday. I was literally about so. to say, I think the the way I want to try it is in taco form. Yeah. I bet Cur- it's so... Christy, I, I my mean, wife had... This place is famous for their spicy octopus taco. Oh. It's like actually famous. Like articles are written about Damn. it. Damn. And it's so bomb. <laughs> Shit. Oh, man. Yeah. I might have to, Greg, so I might go. have to go out there and, and visit you in Vegas, dude. Look, I, I'll say one thing. Everybody has their thoughts about Vegas, but it is definitely the best food city I've lived in. Really? Well, okay. Not even close. Nobody compares. Yeah, I mean, I think... All the top chefs are here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'd say the only other city that could give you a run for your money is probably New York. Probably. Yeah. Just because, like... The top food chefs are also in New York. That's the only reason is that it's the same kind of mentality. And then also, I think in terms of like, I think Vegas has like the best high end food. Like every chef that opens a restaurant there is like established chef. But New York still has some of those like family joints and like some guy who. Oh no, Vegas has a lot of that. Really, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I just people, know that people just don't know. Yeah, well, um, anything people, outside the strip. That's true. That's me. But. But no, it's most people, and it was me before I moved here. But that's how bad this game was that we're talking about food. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I bet people who are listening to this is they're probably way more interested in like our food conversation than the actual match. Yeah, but, yeah. I guess what what happened in the second half? It was so bad, dude. Um, even their goal so, sucked. Like it wasn't even a good. goal. Yeah, their was, goal pissed me off. So at at halftime, I saw I was about to tweet this, and I actually like I was on the tweet deck. Because I was just too lazy to grab my phone. And, like, you know, if, if you're on TweetDeck, you see your home, like, just scrolling as the tweets go live. And I was literally typing, like, I would, if you sign me up right now, I would sign off on a 0-0 draw right now without playing the second half. Yeah. And then, like, four people immediately said that thing before I, before I was able to type it out. So I was like, yeah, okay, I think we're on the same page then. And then... um Second half started and it was pretty tough. Once again, it was about 15 minutes into the second half that this awful decision was handed. Now, this referee is—it's actually his first year in the Premier League, referee, refereeing in the Premier League, and he gave a decision for a goal kick, and then overturned his own decision and gave Burnley a corner, and it was like. Um, it was Chris Wood and Fernandez that were like fighting for the ball. And it looked like like it like for me, Fernandez was the person who touched it last. Um but what Fernandez was saying that Wood shoved Fernandez like into the ball, which Fernandez thought it was a clear foul, and that's what they were arguing. Um so that was just a little like recap for you there. But then, uh, so Burnley went out to take the corner, and Dubrovka was crowded out. He tried to get to it, um, and Wood headed it in on the other side of the crossbar. Pretty close range at the back of the post. And it was yet, once again, another set-piece goal conceded by Newcastle United. Elijah, talk me through it. It, I, there's a lot of blame being placed on Dubrovka here, and like I think he deserves some of the blame, but like part of it was... Just, like, the way that, like you said, the way we were set up just didn't lead, like, it, it didn't allow him to really 
make an adequate save. There were bodies in the way. Um, and many of the bodies, like literally our own players got in the way of Dubrow being able to make a save on this. So, I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, and it, it felt like it was going to be the only goal of the match. Because, like, when I tell you, like, neither one of these teams could create chances from open play if, like, Bill Gates offered them $100 billion to do so, like, neither one of these teams could do it. Because it was just, like, it was brutal trying to watch both of these teams just pass the ball around and do absolutely nothing with it. I, I've never seen two teams just struggle like that uh, before this match, but... I mean, yeah, Dubrovka messed up, and part of it's on his defense and part of it's on him. So all you can do is move on and hope that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, that that's pretty much the match except for one. Well, I guess we'll talk about the substitutes. That's at least worth mentioning. So obviously we don't have St. Coochie Max. We don't have Shelby. We don't have whoever else. Amaron, yeah, <laughs> man, this is tough. We don't have Hasselu because he's left. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just having like options to attack was bad. So we, so like we went to like a four four two a little bit in the second half, which I was like, huh, what's going on here? And this could be like because that's Bruce's like bread and butter formation, what he loves. But I was just like, are we? Like, are we really gonna just risk it all here? So, get go to the four four two, and then the subs start happening. We had so it was the four four two was Dolenton on the left wing, Atsu was right wing, Mankio right back, Dummett left back, and then Gale and Carroll came up top. And I guess that like, Gale came on, so that happened for uh, Willems, was it? Maybe I don't. Yeah, yeah. It was it a was. mess it is what it was. Because Gale came on for Willems. Gosh. That that's the wrong sub. Gale should have come on for Dummett. Willem should have stayed in the match. Yeah, and we go to the four four two and almost immediately Burnley almost scores. Um McNeil, who was my player to watch, he got behind Mankio and Wood hit a header just over the bar on that one. And then Muto came on for Atsu. So, and he was playing right right wing, but we had four forwards on the field. Um, and they've all, they were all moving pretty well, but just nothing was happening. And then Gale galed. And it was awful. Um, it, was, it was definitely Jolinton's best moment. Uh, but he took the ball after, uh, off of Peters, and then he sent a ball into the box and Gale like I I mean I don't know how you don't even put it on the net but he hit it wide I mean like it's a like oh my gosh like 93% of strikers in the Premier League score uh, you're right and it's just funny because everyone was like drop Joel Linton for Gale which was a movement as you know I never got behind because as you know, this podcast is a firm believer in that Dwight Gale is a championship striker and nothing more, nothing less. Um, and it was just funny to see that. I mean, it was unfortunate, but it was funny to see that, like, what I've been saying all along was realized in that moment. It's like, yeah, Joel Linton hasn't been great and he's missed some sitters, but none of them have been as bad as what Gale missed. And so to yeah. even suggest that we dropped Joel Linton 
for Dwight Gale is just ridiculous. Yeah. And that was the match. <laughs> we lose one nothing. Shout out um, to Yoshinori Muto who made an appearance. Yeah, we talked about him. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna call it the CHN Radio Bump. Yeah. But that's what, that's, I feel bad for him. We'll call it. Um, because like it, it's not even the fact that like it, I don't know. He, he's just that this this system doesn't doesn't really like lean into his skill set. And even when Rafa bought him, like if he was gonna be an out, if he's gonna play as a striker, it just didn't make sense um, for him to be on the pitch as the main like number nine. And you know you already had kind of the winger spots with the love child Iosi Perez and Miguel Almiron. So it just it just seemed like Yoshinori Muto was just like got the short end of the stick and like went to the absolute worst Premier League club he could go to in order to advance his career. And it's going to be sad when we have to sell him back to a team in Germany because it's just there's no role for him here. Like I don't know. Yeah. I mean we are like. We rely so much on our number nine to be able to hold up play, and like that's just not his game. And I'm sure he's a fine player. It's just he's just in an unfortunate circumstance. Yeah, sorry to make everyone definitely depressed. is. Yeah, no. Um, we'll go to now. Okay, I'll do quotes first. Um, Steve Bruce said the referee has awarded them a corner after initially giving a goal kick when the ball wasn't out. He's then listened to somebody, his assistant, who was probably 80 yards away looking at it again. It's a clear and blatant foul before that. Okay, we could have defended the corner better, but are we talking about a decision here that's ultimately costing the game? But we are talking about a decision. Sorry, I read that wrong. Um, Since Tuesday, we knew this referee was going to be making his debut. Oh, this was his first match. Um, We're at the elite level, and for me, the referee looked short. That's mean. Every confrontation was a foul, and that's not right. So, that's what Bruce said. Just a lot of complaining there. Um, I wish Bruce would have had to answer to some things like, you know, the attack. Well, it's it's really easy to avoid those questions when you have a scapegoat. So, I mean, he's already great at the whole media thing. Yep. So... That's stats. I mean, that's quotes. Going to stats now. Um, here we go. Um, Newcastle have yet to get a draw on the road this season. And Burnley are yet to get a draw at home this season. Hmm. Um, Rob Elliott made the bench. Yeah, did why that? did that happen? Because um, Carl Darlow apparently has a back issue. Um, his last, Rob Elliott's last appearance was in December of 2017 in the Premier League against Manchester City. And he hasn't been on the bench for Newcastle in a league or cup game since August of 2018, which was against Nottingham Forest in the League Cup. Well, good for him. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so the last time, uh, so a year ago today, just three people were on that were named in this starting lineup that were there a year that were in the starting lineup a year ago, which three players was it? Which three players were in the lineup last year at this time? Yep. Okay, uh, I'm going to go Martin Dubrovka. Correct. Um, I'm going to go this time last year. Isaac Hayden. No. Christian Atsu. No. Damn it. Well, Paul Dummett. No. Wait, with who the hell? <laughs> Cher? Backline only. Yep, Cher. And Fernandez and one more, yeah, Fernandez. Wow, yeah. Um, there's still there's there's still Yedlin, Richie, Key, Clark, Atu. They uh, they were they're all they're all there, but they just didn't pl- they weren't playing a year ago. So yeah, cool. That's stat wise. I have. Do you have any other stats before I go to five thirty eight? Um. Yeah. Here's one. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle's average possession figure this season, 30.2 per, 32.8%, which is the lowest in the Premier League. And still, yep. after this match, Newcastle are the only team. Well, actually, never mind. Until this match, because I'm seeing different numbers. Because apparently we had 52% possession. We were the only team um, up until this match that that yet... Okay, that did not have more possession than their opponent this whole season, which is wild. <laughs> well, that is. Um, Wait, here's five thirty. This is random. A defender has scored for the Magpies. Obviously, not this match, but before that match, four out of the last five meetings with Burnley, which is wild. <laughs> and then this one we didn't. <laughs> yeah, in our historic defender season. Yeah. Um, uh, 538 predicting how the season will end in the Premier League we dropped two spots on the final table we're projected to finish 13th now they have us down to 15th on 44 points uh, below us in 16th is West Ham and then Aston Villa and then the relegated sides would be Southampton Watford and Norwich um and we would be one win away from 10th in their final table projections. Hmm. Well, that's that. Um, Premier League table. Where have we ended up? It is not 10th. Oh. <laughs> um, so with a loss, Newcastle re- is in 11th. So they're still in a decent position. Um, Burnley moved up to 12th, so now they're one behind us. One point behind us, too. Uh, we're level up points with Arsenal. So that's nice. Um, yeah. And we, we're now, we dropped to, oh no, we're still, we're still four points from, uh, Europa spot. Hmm. So that's nice, too. Yeah, all we have to do is just win every other game of the season and we'll probably end up in the top five. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if we win every other game of the season, we might 
catch Liverpool for the title. I mean, we're only seven points behind Chelsea for fourth. Oh, so how many points behind awesome. Liverpool are we? We are twenty-seven. <laughs> Just we're 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 further. There's a bigger gap between us and Liverpool than the amount of points that we have currently. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of math for me tonight. I'm so, <laughs> Um, best worst, Elijah. Who's your low man on the totem pole? Uh, I mean, it. Uh, I, I, uh, Sean Longstaff. Mm, I think yeah, this day. this was a match where you tweeted this. He had been pressed. This is one where, hey, you want a contract extension? The clubs made it clear that in order to get this contract extension, you have to. Uh, you have to perform well, um, and he got his opportunity to do that, and he sucked. Um, so yeah, Sean Longstaff is my worst player. I just think that he wasted the moment, and I think um, you know as much as we want to get on the wingers for lack of you know ability to like we we do focus a lot of our attack on Saint Maxman, but the mo- recently John Joe Shelby has provided. Um, much needed creativity out of the midfield in terms of transitioning from defense and offense. And you would hope John Longstaff, who was able to do this last year, would have been able to do that along with Isaac Hayden, both of them. They've done that well in the past and neither of them could do it today. I think that it deserves a little bit of criticism on, on both of them, especially Sean Longstaff um, as you know, none of that happened this past match. So, yeah. Um, so can I can I cheat on this, Elijah? Okay. Is, do I have your permission? Sure. Okay, so I'm gonna put this on everyone. <laughs> I told you it's cheating, and I'm just gonna put this on everyone. And like the reason why, like I've been definitely like I've been very pro like bunker and counter and that's the way it should go because i i genuinely do not care if we are the most boring team in the world but as long as we're getting points and getting results and i genuinely do not care um where some people like can't even like go to bed fathoming newcastle playing the way they've been playing for the last few years um but to and, and but however on the on the contrary i also don't think that it's sustainable for us to do this for an entire season because um, then pe- people will eventually find a way to beat it, and it's because like we're you know if Man City did this, yeah, they'd probably like win a lot more to be honest. Because um, they're I could I couldn't imagine them on the counter and like somebody trying to slice and dice Man City or Liverpool. Like it's a good strategy when you need to pick up points, but it's also probably not sustainable. And when we need to switch things up or when injuries happen happen or when depth is needed to come out, we need to at least put a shot on goal. It's absolutely miserable that we didn't, we don't have a shot on goal. And actually I that brings me to a great stat that I forgot to say on our stats is this is the first time in history that a club has not had a shot on goal against Burnmouth. I mean, against Burnley in the premier league. It's never happened before. It's the first time. 207 matches. 
Like that's it's completely unacceptable. And like I I know our best attackers, uh, our best counter attackers were out. But like you have to at least get a shot. Like come on, that, that's miserable. I can I can probably guarantee you that fifteen championship sides could get a shot on Burnley. It's like this that shouldn't that should not be a challenge. So it, I, that's that's my cheating worst player is everyone. I mean, I almost said the same thing, but I yeah, just want it's, to. It's say, a cop out. I, for I sure. mean, it's not a cop out. I think there's matches like this where it's deserved and it needs to be addressed. That that everyone slacked and like you said, I mean, like there there's everyone like I I don't know. I think pound for pound roster ro- looking at the roster i'd say that we have a better team than burnley and it's a team we shouldn't lose to so i i, I have yeah. to agree with you on that um i'm guessing you don't have yep. the best player uh no oh. not really i will say i don't think he was um, like great but i i still i i think joel linton played fairly decent given that like the expectation was so low, so I mean, yeah, odd circumstances, but in, I mean, uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say I'll, about that. I'll give a a player that worked the hardest oh. award, and I'll give that to Paul Dummett. He was always always trying to like get the ball out yeah. and push it, and so like I appreciated the effort, but I mean, he, I mean. Nobody was good. <laughs> that's how. That's just the reality of it. Um. Yeah, that's that's all I have, Elijah. Do you want to? We don't have questions either. Do you have any questions? Um. Oh, they put me on the spot. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's just is a tough is a tough one. That was a tough match. Um, Tis a tough one. What are we doing over the next couple of weeks? Because we are, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, nine days from Christmas. I'll, I'll, I have one question for okay. you. Um, are you saying like what are we doing or Newcastle? Well, I mean like we as a podcast. Because we got oh we're... yeah we got a lot of got a lot of matches in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we got a bunch. Yeah, um, we're gonna be doubling up. Ooh. Actually, Dublin. Shout out to Ireland this... who just elected their first black mayor ever. So shout out to them. Oh, didn't wow. even know didn't we were in that. Ireland. Cool. So shout out to us. Um. Yeah. After so we play Crystal Palace next, and after once we recap that podcast, we'll have a couple straight weeks of previewing one match and review, recapping another and just like doing that back to back for every show just like for the like old three days weeks. man remember when we were just starting yeah. this thing out yeah yeah Ooh. on Wednesdays every Wednesday every Wednesday to the full crash course yeah um my question for okay. you is who should be the the striker for Newcastle United. Who should be the striker for Newcastle United? Who should play in that lone spot? Right now, it's Andy Carroll unless the tactics change because, like, the way Bruce 
has employed his tactics, which it might have to change with the injuries, um, is that the hold-up striker, like, holds up the ball, obviously, so that, you know, Alan Miron and St. Maxman can free themselves, and then it's kind of laid off to them. Um, and Andy Carroll's done some really good... He's done really well with the kind of split decision um, type things where, I, like, his assist to John Joe, the first assist to him, was just, like, pure just experience and wisdom of pl- playing in that hold-up role that Steve Bruce seems to be very fond of and that Rafa was very fond of, kind of an old-school type striker. Now, if Newcastle change their, their tactics and they become a little bit more dynamic with their striker and use him more as a playmaker, then you'd see Joel Linton. But that would involve Newcastle changing how they approach matches entirely. Like you said, you can't really sit back the whole season. And if Newcastle try to actually play with you know some more adventurous tactics, I could see Joel Linton stepping into that role really well, um, having the ball at his feet, having him um, be able to make some passes, um, getting on some one-on-one situations, dribbling the ball. Um, those would be ideal situations for him. But for now, it has to be Andy Carroll. Yeah, in a four-four-two, and I'm just curious here, would you want to see Andy Carroll and Dwight Gale up top? No, I Dwight Gale sucks. I, I'm tired of this. <laughs> I would I would honestly rather see Andy Carroll and Yoshinari Muto. Like that's okay. the that's probably Muto's best shot at continuing to stay on this roster is if we run a four-four-two and he's able to make those. Behind the like behind the line kind of runs using his pace because we do know he is he's he's pretty pacey, um, not to the degree of like Saint Maximin or Amiron, but he's 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 quick and he can get himself into one on one situations. And unlike Saint Maximin and and uh, Amiron, he's already scored in one on one situations with the keeper. So like sure throw him there, but. Dwight Gale, the ship has sailed on him. Like, I'm done with him. I'm tired of people on Twitter talking about how he should be. No, shut up. He's not good. Like, he's he's a championship-level striker. Don't bring up the fact he's scored 23 goals in the championship. Like, lo and behold, like, just if you look at his, his career, he's scored 20 or more goals in the championship every single season he's played there. It feels like it. I don't know if that's true, but I know at least for the past few seasons, he scored 20 or more goals there. And when he gets to the Premier League, he scores less than 10. He is not a Premier League striker. I will yeah. go to bed and die with this thought. Like, I don't know. It's it's so annoying. Like, don't even mention his name on this podcast again. And he's wearing number 12. No striker should wear number 12. No striker should wear yeah. number 12. That's not a striker number. Well, I I agree. I You know, I just wish we could... Maybe we should. Uh, there's a player in China that I really want us to look at. His name's Solomon Rondon. Nope. Because um, he would do wonders for Jolinton. Just about teaching him how to do this thing we call football. Yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate. He would do wonders. Yeah, it, it's, it, it, is, it is interesting because, uh, like, Steve Bruce, we're starting to see him walk back on his initial comment of, He's fine with all the signings that were made, but it's like when a club goes out and buys a 40 million pound striker and then doesn't really like he who doesn't fit the system of like the manager, then 
it puts a lot of pressure on the manager to figure out how do you make this 40 million pound signing like work and granted if you're in the Premier League you should be able to do this and manage and be able to adjust your tactics but Steve Bruce is still a little bit out of his league in that regard and it's just unfortunate because I'm sure Steve Bruce would have loved to get Andy Carroll and like I don't I don't even know maybe Peter Crouch I don't know just a bunch of hold up strikers and just like that would be in copyright office tactics and we'd be fine but he's got the added pressure of this 40 million pound striker who is not really even a striker he's more of like a secondary striker or a false nine a winger like he is not your typical striker that Steve Bruce is used to and it is just it's been a nightmare so far and I don't know if it's going to get better um it's definitely going to get worse before it gets better yep would agree there well do you have anything else um, no, people, uh, be sure to tune into the False Nines if you aren't listening to them already. Those guys are... Yeah, uh, they're recording tomorrow, so you should be getting something. Um, yeah, you should have one this week. Oh. Check out for that. That'll be hot. All right, well, that concludes episode 103 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. This is the best damn co-host in the land. Life Newsom, and you're listening to the greatest song in the land. Coming home, Newcastle. I bid you farewell in the way the fridge. But I wish I was on the case side, looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again. The dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Geordie And to live in Geordie land Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother seeing him how I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd 
Park in 